Uh, I do gr bring greetings from Dallas, Texas. Uh, my wife and I have been married 19 years now. Uh, she is still my best friend. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, she's still my best friend, taking great care of me. I'm trying to take great care of her, and our marriage works because I listen to everything she tells me to do. So you do that, you'll be good to go, fellas. Be good to go. We, uh, we have... Uh, three wonderful children. We have an 11-year-old young man, a uh, 5-year-old little boy, and a 1-year-old little girl. Uh, our, our little girl uh, actually is, uh, she's a mix of white and Hispanic. Uh, she's absolutely beautiful. Uh, but, but, you know, our other kids are, you know, little, little black boys. So we, we didn't know what to do with this little, you know, fair-skinned child that came in, in, into our life. Uh, so, you know, our boys, every time you give them a bath or a shower, after you dry them off, uh, what, do you do, what do you put on them? next? What do you put on the left? Lotion. Lotion. So they're not ashy. If you don't know what ashy is, get some more black friends around you and just, or look over at somebody next to you who's black and see if they got some white stuff in between their fingers right here. That's ashy, okay? You, you know what? Some people grabbing lotion right now. <laughs> Put, <laughs> putting on those ankles. Well, well, we, we were just, we had a little girl, and you know, give her a little bath, and we just lotion her all, all up. That's all we knew to do. Her face was breaking out in pimples all the time, and our white friend said, uh, why are you putting that much lotion on that baby? We're like, that's what we thought you'd do. So we, we've stopped putting the lotion on. Her skin has now uh, cleared up, but she's still an honorary sister uh, for sure. So we, we got three beautiful kids that we love a ton. Uh, that has nothing to do with my sermon whatsoever, okay? So we just, uh, let's jump into the Bible here. Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 5. If you have your scriptures, if you did not bring your Bible with you, we will put the scriptures on the screen so you can follow along with us. I'm hoping and praying we all grow a little bit today. How about that? How about that? Since you woke up, since you're here, we might as well move forward a little bit more in our walk with God. So let's just be expecting that God will do great things in our heart and say to us the exact thing we need. Maybe a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, that will say today won't be what you need, but maybe there'll be one thing, just one thing that will be the thing that you need in this season, in this moment of your life. God brought you here on purpose. Uh, in Acts chapter 5, uh, we're going to jump into the middle of a dialogue that an individual is having. Uh, let's begin in verse 38. Therefore, therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will what? It will what? Fail. But if it is from God, you will not, everybody say not, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. I'm going to be honest with you, this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I, I, I like it. Uh, it's laid out pretty clear. If your purpose and your activities of human origin, it will fail. If your purpose and your activities of human origin, you can be stopped. If your purpose and your activities of human origin, your boss can stop you. 
If your purpose and your activity is of human origin, your ex can stop you. If your purpose and your activity is, human, is, is, is of human origin, a professor can stop you. Your past can stop you. Your bank account can stop you. There's a whole bunch of things that can stop you when your purpose and your activity is of human origin. When everything starts and ends with you, there's a whole lot of stuff that can stop you and cause you to fail. But if your purpose and your activity is from God... There is nothing in all of this world that will be able to stop you because it doesn't start and end with you. It starts and ends with him. When our purpose and our activity is from God, our boss cannot stop us. A layoff cannot stop us. A promotion cannot stop us. A bank account cannot stop us. The stock market cannot stop us. An ex cannot stop us. Child support cannot stop us. Kids going crazy cannot stop us. A professor cannot stop us. Whenever our purpose and our activities of human origin, we cannot be stopped. Even the thunder loses the way they did cannot stop us. God redeem us. God redeem us. That was hard. That was hard to watch. But you can't be stopped when your purpose and your activity is from God. If the origin is God. So why is it a lot of us feel like we're getting stopped and failing all the time? <laughs> Maybe, maybe in some circumstances, it's because we are putting ourselves at the center of our lives. Maybe it's because we're making it more about us than it's really supposed to be about us. Maybe it's supposed to be a whole lot more about Jesus and a whole less about us. Like John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. I must become less. He must become greater. And in our generation, we're trying to make ourselves greater and make God less. We got it flipped around, friends. I must become less. He must become greater. That might be my favorite scripture in all the Bible. I'm thinking about it, get it tattooed right here across my lower back. No, I'm not. Just kidding. Some of y'all are like, what? No, no, I'm, no, I'm not. <laughs> but if you have one of those tattoos, Jesus still loves you, just so you know. We're going to dig into the Bible today, look at a man who I think had his life turned right side up. Went from himself being the center to Christ Jesus being the center of his life. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 15. We're going to look at a, a couple of passages of scripture. Mark chapter 15. How many of us want to fulfill the destiny that God has for our lives? Huh? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. You want, you want to live your life to the fullest. When I get to heaven, I want God to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I want to be empty of every single thing that God put on the inside of me. I know that's your prayer too. You wouldn't be at church at, in the afternoon if it wasn't your prayer. <laughs> Mark chapter 15. Start reading in verse 21. This is a certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus. Can we just stop for a second there and say Rufus is a difficult name to have? <laughs> it's kind of like Earl. Uh, honestly, I was a little upset with my mom for years that she would name me Earl. How do you call a baby Earl? Think about it. Think about Have you ever met a little baby and you're like, hey, little Earl. Is, no, Earl, you should like be driving a truck and have a hat on and be chewing tobacco. 
But that's what my mother did to me. I love her, though. I love her. Rufus is in the same family as Earl, okay? The father of Alexander and Rufus was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him, dividing up his clothes. They cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge uh, against him read the king of the Jews. Turn with me to another passage of scripture if you wouldn't mind. Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. We're going to read just two verses here. Verses 26 and 27. It says, as the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. This, in we, what we see in Mark and Luke, Mark and Luke and Matthew are actually a part of something called the synoptic gospels, synoptic gospels. Uh, what that means is uh, together sight, like they're looking at things from a similar point of view. If, you, if you've ever read through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you'll discover that a lot of the stories are very, very similar. There's a lot of overlap. It seems as if they're sharing uh, information, uh, which, which they are. Uh, though they were written at different times and they have different purposes uh, in, the, in their writing, uh, all of them have, uh, have a common theme. They're all, each of them are different. The synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are different from the gospel of John. John is a gospel that kind of stands on its own. It looks at an aspect and the person of Christ in an entirely different way than the other gospels do. That's another story, another lesson for another time. I bring it up because in Matthew, though we didn't turn there, in Mark and in Luke, they all talk about this guy, Simon. Every one of them mention him, mention his story. They tell us some information about him. They tell us Simon is from Cyrene, which was in northern Africa. At the time, it was a province of Libya. We know about his sons. He has a couple of them, at least, Alexander and Rufus. Some theologians believe that uh, they're mentioned because they were people of prominence. Simon, along with his sons. Uh, others believe uh, when you read through the book of Romans, there is a mention uh, of, a, of a guy named Rufus. So they're thinking Rufus may have been known when the, the gospel of Mark was published in the city of Rome. All that being said, here's a man. Jewish man coming in from the countryside about to celebrate the Passover and he is a part of one of the most critical moments of Jesus' life when Christ is on his way to the cross to take your sins and mine for his grace and his love to be on display in a way that would change the world for all of human history and Simon is grabbed and called to be a part of this moment. 
as I was looking at this story, I couldn't help but see the, the words jump off the pages at me. And hopefully some of the things that God has been showing me will be an encouragement to your heart and help us all to be on the path and the journey to follow Jesus the way he's called us to. Because here, as Simon is coming in from the country and he grabbed and he's told to grab the cross of Jesus, I need us first and foremost to understand that the cross that Simon grabbed was not a clean cross. It was a messy one. It was a messy one. I, I, I know we preach a Jesus that, and Jesus says this about himself, that he's the way, the truth, and the life. With that being true, let's not get it twisted that when he says he's the way, the truth, and the life, that means following him is all Skittles, unicorns, and rainbows. Meaning everything is perfect all the time. All you got to do is be a Christian for at least a minute and you realize that everything's not perfect all the time. That there are all types of darts, all types of problems, all types of difficulties that come our way. As a matter of fact, the scriptures talk about this over and over and over again, that we actually have an adversary, an enemy. And the Bible talks about how there are actually fiery darts from the evil one that are sent our way. That's why we've been called to take up our shield of faith, with which we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. I'm just letting all of us know, reminding all of us that when pain and trouble and problems are coming our way, let us not think that this is something out of the ordinary this has been happening to followers of Jesus from the very beginning but you can be of good cheer you overcome the world because you're in him and he is in you but there's still mess Woo. anybody mess and anybody just been through some things that you were like wow wow okay okay I I didn't I didn't know it was gonna be like this I didn't know I was gonna have this type of pressure but but what we see from Simon is he is called to carry the cross and we might think it's real pre pretty and neat but I can I can promise you it's not because after a Rome the the, the 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 nation of Rome would condemn a person to die that person would then be scourged they would then be beaten you can see this in the passion of the Christ and you can read about it in the gospels that Jesus after he is condemned to die is then beaten then the person who is condemned to die the, the, the death of crucifixion, they are called to carry their cross. They have to carry their own cross. They have to carry the, the beam of their cross up to the place of their execution after they've been blooded, after they've been beaten. So Simon here enters into the picture after Jesus has been condemned to die, after he has been beaten, and I don't know, we don't know if the cross fell, we don't know if Jesus fell, we don't know what happened, but in that moment, Simon is grabbed and he is called to pick up the very cross that Jesus was carrying, and it was not neat and pretty. There was not some, some little uh, cushion for his shoulder. There were probably splinters going into him, but now he is a part of of this profound moment and he is no longer going his way now he is joining in the path and the destiny and the way of Jesus Christ you know we we're talking about the singles uh, a little bit earlier right we got the the, the singles uh, classes that are about to happen some of y'all like I ain't going to those right I, I, I ain't interested in that I, nobody needs to know that I'm single I'll just keep well, listen we already know and we and we want you we want you to be the best single person you can be. 
come to the classes, okay? You don't know it all. I'm 42 years old. I, listen, listen, that's okay. I, I know you're 42. I know. But come, come on and learn. Come on and learn. Come on, be the best version of you that you can possibly be. Come learn the way and the path of Christ. We want you to be there. Some single people are fully content being single, which you ought to be. And others, uh, other single people are wanting to be married one day. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But when you sign up to be married, just so you know, you're signing up for some mess. If you got like this image in your brain, like I'm about to get married and we're just going to float all the time and we're just going to, we're going to wake up and my makeup's going to be on perfect. That's just the movies. Okay. That's just the movies. When my wife wakes up, she's beautiful. Okay. She's beautiful. But her hair, you know, she's uh, her hair's all wrapped up because she got the perm, so it's got to be wrapped up all right. And I can't hold. She got to be perfect. I'm like, okay, okay. But when she she's got a little sleep in the corner of her eye. <laughs> Me too. We got we got dirty sinks and dirty toilets. Sometimes we got underwear all over. The, you, you just saying, if you're gonna get married, there's gonna be mess. Everything doesn't say uh, pristine and clean all the time. If you want to have kids one day, you're signing up for dirty diapers. Some of y'all, this is revelation. You're like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, you get that. You get diapers with the baby. Like, they don't come knowing how to clean themselves. You do that. Well, so it is with Christ. If you and I are going to be authentic followers of Jesus, we got to understand they were also signing up for some mess as well. We don't have to be afraid of the mess. We don't have to be afraid of the trials. We don't have to be afraid of the problems. Because the reality is, even if you don't follow Jesus, problems come find you anyway. So we might as well throw ourselves at the foot of the cross of Jesus and let him have all of us anyway in this broken and messed up world. I don't want to live my life based on me, uh, around my own purpose and activity. I don't want it to be based on human origin. I want it all to be based on God. That's why you're here as well. Uh, okay, let, let, let me grab uh, let me let me grab Pastor Dwayne, Pastor Dwayne, uh, and, and grab Pastor Eric uh, as well. Come on, come on up here, uh, real real quick for me. Uh, let, let me show you guys something that that kind of jumped off the page at, at me, and I, I can kind of, it kind of helps me to be a visual learner uh, sometimes, so hopefully uh, some of this can be an encouragement to all of you uh, here. Um, Eric, Pastor Eric, you get to be Jesus, okay, uh, for this first uh, one, and Pastor Dwayne, you get to be Simon, okay, strong, strong Simon. Pastor Dwayne, come, come on over here. Your bald head looks nice, too, just so you know, man, it looks clean, looks clean. Uh, uh, Pastor Eric, please, please pick that up, please pick that up. Uh, so, so I put Luke chapter Luke chapter uh, twenty three uh, on on the screen once again for me. If you have your Bibles, you can turn that. I, I want you to read this. I want you to read this with me. It says, "As the soldiers led him away, they led Jesus away. They seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way. Read these next four words with me. He's on his way in from the country. In from the country." Okay, so, so when, when Jesus was condemned to die, to be crucified, he's, he's actually going to be crucified in the country, outside of town. But Simon is coming from the country into town. So I, I want you to see here, Jesus 
is on his way, is on his way out of town. Simon is on his way into town. G- gentlemen, walk for me, please. Walk for me. Walk for me. Okay, okay, stop. Stop. As you can see, these two men are actually going different directions. One's coming from outside. One's coming from inside. And the cross here in this particular scripture represents a new direction. This is how you and I get our purpose and our activity, not of human origin, but of godly origin. Because when he is seized, when Simon is seized, and they tell him to grab the cross, grab that cross, Simon, now Simon's direction changes, and he goes from going his own way, now he's going the way of Jesus. This helps my brain. Because I, I feel like some of us, some of us, I'm going to throw myself in this. Some of us sometimes are used to going our own way. We see Jesus over there and we give him like a little. <laughs> I see I, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, my boy. Yeah, yeah it's like, I, I, I see him, but I'm going to keep going my own way. I'm going to keep going my own direction. I'm gonna keep going. My, I'm keep doing my own thing. I'm gonna keep going after my own dreams. I'm keep going after my own path. And, and you and I, we can do that. And you can be loved by God, but you'll be wrong. So here, here, Simon is on his way, and the soldiers, I like the word, seize him. They grab him, and they say, get over there with Jesus. I feel like grace seized me. I feel like love seized me. I feel like the prayers of my mother seized me. I feel like I was going my own direction, and God in his grace and his mercy grabbed me and said, boy, get off your own path and get on the path of the one who dies for you and shed his blood on your behalf. This here, this is now, this is now you and I. Once going our own way. Seized by grace, seized by love, seized by mercy, seized by truth. Turned. Now. We're going with Jesus, but, 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 the, but put the scripture back on there, up there for me one more, one more time. Real quick. Luke, Luke, again, Luke 23, look, look what it says. Look what it, it, reads, it reads, he was on his way in from the country, and they put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. Behind Jesus. So now, not only, not only has he grabbed the cross, he's changed directions, now he's walking behind Jesus. That means if Jesus takes two steps to the left, Simon takes two steps to the left. If Jesus takes two steps to the right, we got the Cupid shuffle going on right now. Simon, ta- if Jesus dips, Simon... Simon dips as well. Okay, what what happens here is you and I now are going and trying to follow in the footsteps of our Savior. I'm not just trying to follow in the footsteps of my father or trying to follow in the footsteps of my mother or trying to find the footsteps of my grandparents. I'm trying to follow in the footsteps of my Savior because my grandparents fell, my dad fell, but 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 I'm telling, I'm so thankful that I got a Savior that knows exactly where He's going and will lead me where I'm supposed to be at exactly the right time. Simon here is called to walk behind 
Jesus. I just want you to see yourself. I'm trying to see myself in Simon. I'm trying, I'm trying not to go my own direction anymore. I want to turn. I want to turn. I want to take him across. I want to follow right behind Jesus wherever he goes. That's where I want to go. Whatever he tells me to do, that's what I want to do. If I'm a little bit scared, I'm, I still want to go. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear any evil because you're with me. I, I, I'll go there if you're going there. If you're not there, don't send me, though. <laughs> but if you're there, I'm good. I'm good. Give it up for Pastor Eric and Pastor Dwayne as well. They did such a great job. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Luby's is just around the corner, okay? We're just about done. We're just about finished. But not only, not only do you and I, in order for you and I to find, a, in order for us to fulfill the potential, the call, the purpose that God has for us, do you and I have to go a new direction? You and I have to understand there's also a new perception. This, this perception thing matters. It's important. You see... Uh, who's got who's got Facebook? Who's got who's got Facebook? Any, anybody in here got Facebook? Okay, so a couple of you. Okay, y'all just lying to me here. Like, okay, is it a sin to have it? No, no, no. We see your selfies. We know. We know. So, so in this day and age, where we can all be so connected, and, and you know, you you and I don't usually put ugly pictures of ourselves up on social media put good pictures up on ourselves if you're on if you're on eHarmony you're not putting your raggedy pictures up there you don't know what eHarmony is it, it's a it's a gift from god is what it is for single people many times it, 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 it's a dating site you, you put your best out front I, I i get that you're going for a job interview you wear your best if you don't know that, that's why you didn't get the job. So next time, wear your best. <laughs> you, we, we're, we can be image conscious in this day and age, maybe more than ever. There's nothing wrong with looking good, nothing wrong with being pretty, nothing wrong with uh, putting yourself together, taking a bath, brushing your teeth. I encourage us to do all of those things. But I do think the way people think about us runs too much of our lives. The opinions of others are dictating too much of our joy and too much of our security. Too many of us are on this emotional roller coaster because this person likes us and this person doesn't like us. That our worth and our value is connected to the number of likes and reposts and who knows us and who doesn't know us. Instead of our worth and our value being connected to something that's immovable and unchangeable. And that is the person of Jesus Christ and the love of God that was displayed in Christ Jesus in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That can't move. Here's a promise. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So your security doesn't need to change yesterday, today, or forever. Your, your, your image of you doesn't need to change yesterday, today, and forever because all of it's not found in you. It's found in him. There is a new perception. Once uh, Simon got off of his own path and jumped onto the path of Jesus, people now saw Simon as connected to Christ. 
they saw him and they thought he had done what Jesus did. Jesus was walking with criminals, so they thought, oh, yeah, you must have done something wrong too. Simon didn't do anything wrong. At least they saw him with Christ. There's nothing wrong with your co-workers and your friends and your family seeing you as connected with Christ. There's nothing wrong with your friends from the past seeing you as connected with Christ. You used to be connected with a lot of other things. Shoot, why not be connected with Christ? You were known for a lot of other stuff. Why not? Why, why is it wrong now to be connected with Jesus? I'm not talking about you and I shoving Jesus down people's throat. I'm talking about you and I not living insecure lives because now people see us as connected with him. Yes, I'm connected with him. It's like, fellas, if you got a fine woman on your arm, people look at you. And they're like, well, how did he get her? That's what happens a lot of times. That happens to me. People see me with my wife, they're like, wow. He must have money. And I don't. I just got, I just, I just prayed really, really hard. <laughs> you don't mind being connected with someone that's, ladies, you don't mind being connected with a man that you look at. You're like, yeah, that, that's my man. I'm saying we've all got a man. We've all got a savior. Of course I want to be connected with him. If people see you and I that way, it's a good thing. But here's also what's awesome. Not only do people perceive us differently, when you and I get on the path of following Christ, God actually sees us differently. I'm going to ask you a question. You don't have to answer it out loud because I, I don't want you to get it wrong then feel embarrassed. Here's the question. Is God mad at Jesus? Is God angry with Jesus? The answer is no, he's not. And here's the truth. If God is not mad at Jesus, that means God is not mad at you. Because in Christ, you are now a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And not only do your friends and your family in this world see you through the eyes of Christ, now God himself sees you through the eyes of Christ. That's why you can come boldly to the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help in your time of need because you're not going there on your own merit. You're going there because you have a high priest that is standing in there for you and you are in him this has been messing with my brain because I go to God based on me oh God I'm sorry Lord, Lord you know my bad my bad Lord God I didn't mean you know I didn't mean it and, and I kind of come sheepishly instead you and I we, 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 have to, we have to switch. We have to switch from our self-centered Christianity. We have to switch from our mindset and our eyes being fixed on us. We have to switch from us being the star and us being the end. We have to switch. That's not Christianity at all. That's humanism. You and I have to switch to understanding that this thing starts and ends with Christ. And now God sees me in him and sees Christ in me. So now I can come to God boldly and with confidence and with humility because I've been made new because now he sees me me as connected to Jesus. 
when you look at yourself in the mirror today when you go home, I know you see you. But I see you understand that God doesn't just see you. He sees Christ in you and he sees you in Christ. There's a new perception, friends. This is a key to you and I living lives that fulfill the potential and the purpose and the destiny that God has for us. This is you and I stepping out of it being about us and us making it about him. And lastly, it's a new mission. There's a new direction. There's a new perception. But there's also a new mission. Simon was a Jewish man doing Jewish things, headed on his, doing his Jewish life and fulfilling his Jewish obligations. And then all of a sudden, he's changed forever. He's changed forever. His life is turned right side up. And the scriptures seem to infer by mentioning him and his sons that there was some transformation that took place in his life. He was put on a different path. I just need you to understand whether you are young or you feel like you're old, if there's still breath in your lungs, you got a mission. If you're still breathing, you've got a mission. Even if you've fallen and made multiple mistakes, even last night, you still have a mission. Uh, I was telling you about our little daughter. I think I I have a picture of her real quick just to show you guys. This This is our little girl, Elle Grace. She just turned one. If I look at that picture too long, I'll start crying. Y'all, we were sitting in our living room. My wife and I actually were having a little bit of a tiff that night. You know, you have a little, you know, a little like, Arr. I was getting on her nerves. She was getting on my nerves. I got this text message. Do you know anybody who wants to invite this little girl into their house to be their mom and, and, and have this little girl as her daughter? We weren't on any list. We weren't praying for the child. We both just said Yes. Four days later, this little girl was in our house. A couple months later, we just finalized her adoption there in November. Now, you know, no one can ever take her. For, she is our daughter. The gavel has dropped. We just said yes to not our own way, but his way. We were out of diapers. We were done with diapers. We were done with preschool. <laughs> There was no more potty training. We were out. We were, whoa, we're gone. We're out of there. Thank you, Jesus. We're done. Put right back in it. But it's the mission that he has for us, and this little girl has rescued us. We have rescued her, and she has absolutely completed our family. Our boys love her. We, I, I, in fact, I think I like her more than I like my sons. I told them that one time too. They both started, almost started crying. So I got, I got to be careful. I got to be careful. New mission. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, 
is to not live your life for your glory and it's not to live life on your own circumstances, not to live life for your own conveniences. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is for you to throw your life at the feet of the cross of Jesus and say, Jesus, you are my everything less of me and more of you, not my way, your way. I don't want my path. I want your path. If all the people's church was praying that prayer, what would happen in this place? That's where God is calling you. He's calling me.